Hi, I'm Pastor Alex Groth, and I'm here with my wife, Carrie. Hello. This is full disclosure about the fifth take of this, because our dog, Melville, has ruined the first four takes by barking during them, so she's hopefully calmed down now. She's just watching now. She's, she's, she's going to be a good dog the rest of the podcast. So this is our, our first attempt at something that came from a meeting we had a few weeks ago with our 7th and 8th grade confirmation parents. Uh, I had asked them to tell me what might be helpful for them as parents, as adults raising the next generation of Christians. So what would be helpful for them spiritually? One of the suggestions was made to have a, a brief podcast each week to uh, talk about scripture, talk about different things going on in the church that would be useful for, for raising that next generation. So we don't know entirely what that's going to look like yet, but for today we are just going to look at the Sunday School lesson for our uh, kindergarten through sixth graders this Sunday, which is Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. And then we'll talk just a little bit about uh, worship this Sunday to preview worship and give you some things hopefully maybe to talk about with your, your kids or grandkids before church and maybe on the way home from church then too. So we'll, we'll start with our lesson, our Sunday school lesson, which is from Genesis 22. And it is a pretty intense one. So the lesson last week was about God's promise to Abraham and his wife Sarah that they would have a child. The lesson was titled A Laughable Promise because Abraham was about 100 and Sarah was about 90 years old when God came to them and promised them a child. And Sarah actually laughed out loud when she heard it because she thought there's there's no way. There's no way that she at her age and Abraham at his age could have a child. And God said, well, I can do the impossible. And the end of the lesson was Isaac being born and Part of the cool background behind Isaac's name is that it means he, he laughs. And Sarah had come to realize that she had laughed in disbelief at God's promise, but God kept that promise and filled their, their home with joy and laughter because they, they had this new child and they realized that God could keep whatever promise that he made. Now in this lesson, uh, we think Isaac's about 15 years old at this point. God comes to Abraham and says, you need to take your son to this mountain, which is about three days' journey away, and sacrifice this son, your only son. And that's, as far as we know, uh, about the extent of what God tells Abraham uh, in far, as far as instructions go. And so we're told that Abraham went. He, he goes. He makes that three-day journey with Isaac. They come to a mountain, and he leaves uh, several of his servants at the base of the mountain. He goes up the mountain with, with Isaac. And while they're up there, uh, Abraham ties Isaac up on the altar and is ready to sacrifice him when a voice from heaven stops him. Uh, an angel stops him, angel of the Lord, which we know is the second person in the Trinity, that's, that's Jesus, before he was born as, as a baby in Bethlehem. So God stops Abraham as he's in, in the middle of this uh, very intense scene and tells him, I, I know, I know that you trust me. I can see that you were ready to sacrifice your son, that you, you trusted me fully. And then a ram is found in a, in a thicket close by the altar, and they, they end up sacrificing the ram instead of Isaac. And Isaac and Abraham return down the mountain. So a lesson that I'm, I'm glad we talk through in Sunday school, it comes up in, in church every few years, and it's, it's one of those that if you don't get a chance to talk through it, it might throw you for a loop a little bit. Like, why is God asking Abraham to do this? That seems odd to us. So we'll... We'll talk about it in Sunday school, but we'll we'll introduce it a little bit here. So at this point, uh, Carrie's going to talk through a, a few things you might want to mention about this this story. Um, so the big one that comes to mind first, if I'm 
chatting with my kids would be um, just talking about the the faith that Abraham was able to display and it wasn't because he was so great like he definitely was not so great but God had given him a great faith um, and strengthened that faith through the, the relationship that he had with Abraham and I think or Abram is it still it's Abraham right mm -hmm. so I think that one big thing for me at least is it just reminds me like um, we ha can have really strong faith. Um, God, God works that faith in our hearts, and then through just being in His Word, um, He strengthens it. So we can do, you know, crazy uh, acts of trust as well. Um, and I think too that the big thing was when Abraham did this. Um, so I. Isaac was 15, right? Mm -hmm. So Isaac was 15, and Abraham was 115? We, we think. We think that's about how old they may have been. Okay. So that, like, Abraham must have been an awesome father who taught Isaac the truths of God and had it daily, you know, on their conversation um, because Isaac could have just, like, you know, ran away. Like he was, he was a, like a teenager and his dad was very, very old. So he didn't definitely did not have to allow himself to be tied up. So that the trust of Isaac is a point to make too, is what you're saying. That, right. Uh, here's a teenage boy that allows himself to be tied up because they must have had many conversations about God and God's promises. Yeah. It just like obeying his parents. Um, all, but knowing that God, you know, God was taking care of him. One of the things we talked about before we started recording too is what Abraham says to his servants as he goes up the mountain. He he has them stay there and he says, you stay here, Isaac and I will go up to the mountain to worship and we will come back. So reflection of his promise that no matter what happens on top of the mountain, they are coming back down together. You just think, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Luther that talked about Abraham must have must have thought if 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 God makes me go through with this and has me sacrifice Isaac, then he's just going to have to raise him from the dead because this promise was made specifically about Isaac, not some generic child, but about Isaac. So Abraham goes up that mountain knowing whatever happens, coming back down here with my son. I think another good point to make about Isaac is is when they're walking up the mountain, Isaac asks, where's the fire or where's the the lamb for the sacrifice do you remember what yeah uh he said so abraham replied um god will provide it mm -hmm. himself and then when the angel of the lord spoke to abraham as he you know had raised his knife to sacrifice his son um there is so abraham hears the angel of the lord say that and he looks up and there's a ram stuck in the what do they call it um the thicket, or the bushes thicket. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah yeah and so um he said and the angel of the lord said go and you know untie your son and here's your sacrifice um so like god handed him a sacrifice to sacrifice to himself <laughs> to god which is such a cool picture of jesus mm -hmm. um this you know we have the ultimate 
sacrifice. Like God provided it and it was himself. Yeah, I think this is one of those very clear moments in the Old Testament where God teaches the the necessity of a substitute sacrifice. We see that with all the animals sacrificed in the, the temple, uh, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle. And this is just one of those two where you see there, a sacrifice needs to be made, but God is not going to make Abraham go through with it. He's going to provide himself. And as Carrie said, yeah, that you really see see Jesus in that. Um, I think that's that's a good point to make when either adults or kids look at this and think, how cruel of God to ask Abraham to do this. So he doesn't actually make Abraham go through with it. But when the roles are reversed, and now it's God the Father being called upon to sacrifice his son, the, the knife does come down. He, he does end up sacrificing his son for our benefit. So I think that's a good point to make when anybody's questioning the, the character of God here. Uh, is that God actually went through with this himself. And also, Karen and I were talking to you about the point, why does God ask Abraham to do this? And the concept of testing could be misunderstood as though God doesn't know what Abraham's going to do. He does. He knows that Abraham's going to you know, fulfill the, what, what God wants him to do. But the, the point is to show Abraham the how great faith can be and what faith can do. Yeah, and I always think of it as like a test kind of shows you you know, you you think you know a subject or a topic and then you go and take the test and you get a couple wrong. Well, it reveals, you know, like where you were, you know, maybe weak or where you were strong. Um, and so this is like showing Abraham. It, it's like, you know, here's the results. All right. This is what this is um, the faith you've been given. And this is the power of God. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that so some of the applications, Gary started getting into them before, just there are cer certain moments in our life where what God is calling us to do or to trust in God feels just about impossible. And yet we know from sections like this that God will, will never fail us, that he will always keep his promises, no matter how unlikely they seem to, to be in the moment. And I think that's a good transition to our worship for this Sunday. Uh, the theme for this Sunday is faith that delights in duty. So we're starting a, a new worship series that really focuses on the role of faith, the faith that God gives us. Uh, the first and second grade will be singing uh, for second service of a setting of Psalm 62, which is our psalm for this week. And I just was going to read some of the lyrics to their song. It, it says, For God alone I wait in silence. My soul is still before the Lord. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress strong. I trust in him. I'll not be shaken, for all my hope is in his love. From God alone comes my salvation. I'll wait and trust his steadfast love. So great concepts there about that. You know, the same idea of trust, trusting in God no matter what, that God is a rock that will not fail us. So we're singing a great setting of that. Same psalm in the 830 service as well. Uh, the First Corinthians, First Chronicles twenty nine lesson. I should say that's what Vicar is preaching on this this Sunday. Vicar Duff, and it's King David, and he's talking about the construction of the temple, which he had wanted to do, but God had told him, "No, it's not going to be you building a temple. It's going to be your son Solomon." And so David has gathered a lot of very valuable materials, and he's before the the leaders of Israel. And they're, they're talking about this work that's going to be done. And one of the things that really stands out, that I think Vicar will bring out in his sermon, is David says, who am I? You know, who are we that we should be allowed to serve you in this way? So you think 
rather than David standing there and saying, man, it's, I'm so awesome that I'm bringing you these millions, billions of dollars of, of precious jewels and things like that. You should be really impressed with me. David, with a mature heart of faith, recognizes that the fact he's standing there, being allowed to bring these things together and offer them to God, that, that is a privilege because he is an unworthy servant. He knows that he's not a perfect man. And so the fact that God allows him to bring together these offerings to serve him in the construction of this temple, that's amazing. Uh, David also says some awesome stuff about how majestic and mighty God is. And that, that's a good thing to discuss on the way home or before church is how do we see God's power? Why does it matter that God is so powerful? The Luke 17 reading is our gospel. We'll just talk about those two readings for today. Uh, that's an interesting one too. We talked about it in chapel at school this morning. Uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples about his expectation for forgiving and that they need to forgive people over and over again. And he says specifically forgive, you know, seven times, uh, which, you know, is, is not literal, but still and to, to forgive someone seven times, you know, in a single day when they've hurt you over and over again feels like a lot. And so the disciples react with kind of shock and they say, God, increase our faith. You know, Jesus, this is really tough. You're going to have to have to help us with this. And Jesus responds with a concept of a faith as small as a mustard seed. You have even a little bit of the faith that God gives you. You can go to a mulberry tree, a tree that was known for having these really strong roots, and you can tell that mulberry tree to uproot itself and throw it into the ocean. Again, it's not a literal promise that faith will allow you to do that. But Jesus' point is there are things that seem impossible to us, like being called to sacrifice your son, and the role of faith is to trust in God that no matter how unlikely it seems that God, we can do these things or God is going to keep his promises, we know that he always will. And then the end of the, the gospel is why our, we have our theme for that day. That Jesus tells a parable about a servant coming in and, and knowing that they should serve their master. The master doesn't wait on them and make them a meal. But instead, they, they work and then they come in and make a meal for their servant. That's just how it goes because that's the duty of the servant. So the, the point being, forgiving people is really hard. There are lots of reasons we come up with to not forgive someone. But God's expectation is that we will do that. And he doesn't just say, get better at forgiving. You need to find it in your heart. You need to look deep down and get your emotions square so that you can forgive. No, again, the, the point is faith. God gives us faith. We trust in this Jesus who forgave. In lots of places, we would say that's impossible to forgive. So Jesus' work of forgiveness counts for us. We are forgiven for our lack of forgiveness, which I know is confusing, but is very true. And that faith is what allows us to forgive other people. So some hard concepts in in worship and uh, Sunday school this week, not hard that they're hard to understand, but just difficult for us to think, well, Man, how could I do that? That's a pretty good question for us to be asking before worship or after worship, before Sunday school or after school. How could I possibly do that? And the answer is, we can't. But God can. So hopefully, this podcast and worship Wait, and Sunday school this, this Sunday. Yeah. I think okay. That, okay. Well, I was, was going to get there. Sorry. Don't, you know, don't be patient. So hopefully, the, when we ask ourselves that question, how can I possibly do that? Recognizing how difficult these things, how could I possibly be like Abraham? And, and obey God when things seem so hard? How could I possibly forgive someone who's hurt me so deeply? The realization that we have is that I, I cannot do it alone. I, I'm going to fail each time if I'm relying on myself. But if I'm trusting in God and I'm focusing on Jesus and I and the Holy Spirit is working in my heart through word and sacrament, 
then, yeah, that and then alone it becomes possible. Only through God do do these hard things, the, the duty that God gives us to us as Christians, only through God do those things become possible. Was that it? Was that it? Did I get yes, it? Yes, yes. Anything else you wanted to well, say? Well, I just, um, you know, like deepening our relationship with God only happens through contact with his word. Yeah, no, I think that's a good, good point to finish on. So we, it's not that God just zaps characteristics into us apart from his word or we're just you know we, we pray and suddenly god makes us stronger makes us more willing to do what he says or suddenly makes us more apt to forgive or likely to forgive he he does that through his word that's that's the way he chooses to communicate with us and to strengthen us though so more time in his word you know thinking about your baptism taking communion these are the ways that god allows us to do what feels is feels like is impossible okay Anything yes, else? There's so many more things to talk about. Yes, but, but we're gonna keep it short. So we're gonna try. To, growling, yeah, so. we're gonna try to do this each week, hopefully, and keep them. Uh, we went a little bit long this time, but trying to keep it a little bit shorter. Just things that might be helpful for you in in working through God's word as a family. So we are open to any feedback that you have. If you have any suggestions for things that you would like us to do, if you have suggestions for improvements or things that you liked about this this first one, please do let us know. Uh, We want to do what's helpful for you. But thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you Sunday. Bye.